Any successful plan requires wisdom and preparation, and retirement is no different. It's time for the Plan Wise Retire Free Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome into this edition of Plan Wise Retire Free with Jude Wilson and Mike Mott. We are into February with this podcast, already February of 2021. And before you know it, Valentine's Day will be upon us. We're about a week or two ahead of that just now when we're taping this particular show. But we've got a good email show lined up for you this week. We are going to catch up with some emails we've gotten in over the past few weeks uh, as things have been transitioning into the new year and lots of stuff going on. So if you've got questions or concerns or you'd like to email the show, go to planwiseretirefreepodcast.com. That's planwiseretirefreepodcast.com. Or call the guys at 800 779 45 92. Jude, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I am doing excellent. If I was doing any better, I'd be Mike Mott. Well, then, Mike, how are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm doing great as well. I just, uh, you know, it, it seems like time flies when you're having fun. We're already through one month of the year. and Crazy, I think right? we're going to be looked up and, you know, things are looking up. So I'm excited. Well, good, good. It seems like every year I get older, it just, it does seem to pick up speed and I'm not sure what that is, but it feels a little, it feels a little weird. I don't know. But anyway, well, I'm glad you guys are doing well. Hope our listeners are doing well. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button folks on whatever platform you use. Uh, if you're an Apple user, you have Apple podcasts already pre-installed on your phone, just open it up and in the search box type plan wise, retire free. You should see us pop up there, hit the little heart button, I believe, and that will subscribe you to it. Same thing if you're on Google Podcast. If you like to use Google, they have that pre-installed on most Androids as well. And of course, if you're a Spotify user, you can also search it in their search box. So lots of ways to get content here from the show. And for now, let's go ahead and dive in and hit these emails this week. Albert had a question for you guys. He says, fellas, should I start my social security at 62 just to help me pay off my house before I retire? Wow. Albert, Albert, Albert. <laughs> if I've heard that once, Albert, I've heard it a hundred times. Generally, and almost a hundred percent of the time, there's been a couple, but almost every time it makes good sense to wait to take your Social Security until later, as late as you can, especially if you're married. I don't know, if Albert, if you're married or not, but between you and your wife, you know, there could be a lot of longevity there. And, you know, waiting from 62 to age 70, my goodness, uh, you know, even from 66 to, to 70, you get 32% more money for the rest of your life. Uh, and uh, while I love the idea of paying you off your house before you retire, having 30 to 40% more money to do it with makes, makes sense to wait. But I'm going to go ahead and get out early and say you have to do the math to be sure. <laughs> I got you first, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's famous for it, folks. <laughs> Albert, I, I would agree with Mike. I mean, there are a few occasions where it makes sense to tap into your Social Security early if you don't have longevity in your family. That's one of the reasons you may want to tap, tap into it early. But you need to look at the mortgage. What's the mortgage rate? You know, if you're spouse um, has a lower social security benefit than you do. If you're taking it early, that may hamper her. So there's a lot of reasons to postpone it, but you've got to sit down with some uh, with a professional. One last thing though, I, I find uh, for people who want to pay their house off early, if you just make one extra principal payment per year, 
it'll take years off the house and you may not need to tap into your social security. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some good things to think about there, Albert. You know, when you said just to pay it off, a lot of times that's just may not be the best strategy as the guys are alluding to. If you really need the money to get by, then that's one thing, but just kind of knocking that extra bill down might not be, might not be the best strategy. And again, as the guys alluded to a couple things, and as always with anything you hear on the podcast, this show or any other show or any uh, other person out there doing one of these talking financial, always check with your own specific situation. If you're working with an advisor, run it past them or reach out to the guys for a second opinion before you take any action, but lots of strategies when it comes to social security. So get a little help, dig in 800-779-4592. Appreciate it, Albert. Thank you so much. And uh, keep listening to the podcast. All right, let's see what Diana's got for you. She says, fellas, I've heard about a strategy that uses life insurance to create income in retirement. My question really is, is it a legitimate strategy? Well, Diana, it can be for the right person. And let me emphasize for the right person. I've seen too many times where a potential client has come in and we're reviewing their finances and they bought a life insurance policy as an investment. It was, it was promoted to them as an investment. Life insurance is primarily to replace income if someone passes away, but there are some incredible benefits for people who have a good cash flow uh, that can pour some extra money into what they call the cash value part of life insurance, creates a little bit of a savings account. And in time, you can pull that money out to subsidize your retirement. So you may get tired of me saying this, but it really takes a financial professional to sit down and determine what's your specific situation and if that strategy makes sense for you. Yes, Jude, you know, and we've done this analysis a bunch of times. And one of the key pieces is if you're using cash value life insurance uh, as a retirement income strategy, it takes quite a bit of time between the time that uh, you've been, when you start funding it. It's not something you can do in three or four or five years. It takes a whole, it takes a, a lot longer period of time to accumulate enough cash in a cash value policy to to create some retirement income. Although once, and if you can do it, it can be a very powerful strategy. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, great question, Diana. Thank you so much for that. To learn more, again, reach out to the team or stop by the website, planwiseretirefreepodcast.com, and we'd certainly appreciate it. All right. Let's see what Victoria has for you guys. She says, fellas, my husband wants to leave a lot of money to the kids, but I've worked hard for, to, for this money and to be able to retire, and I don't feel like scrimping and saving the rest of my life. Is there a reasonable amount to leave as a legacy? And if so, how do you figure that out? <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to, there's, I think there's a beautiful segue on the life insurance, but we'll cover that second. You know, everybody's different. I, I've talked to people that want to leave a bunch of money to the kids, and then I've, I've talked to a lot of people, and they say that they would like the last check that they write before they die to bounce. <laughs> so... It, it really is, you know, it's, it's a goal that you and your husband need to work out together. I will say that, you know, in the segue on the life insurance is in many cases, it, you might use the life insurance for the legacy. And sometimes the cost of the life insurance might not be something that you might would be impact your budget too much. And then that life insurance could go to your kids. And of course, 
the beauty of life insurance when it goes to the kids is instead of inheriting an IRA that's taxable, they'd inherit something that would be tax-free. Creating that legacy is such a personal conversation to have. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a balance between living for today, you and your husband, and planning for tomorrow. And like Mike said, I've talked to people who said, I've done everything for my kids. I paid for college. I've bought them the first car. So now it's my time. And I've heard other people say, you know, it's always been my desire to leave something behind. And so what we do in our, in our practice is sit down with the client and look at what is it that you need to be able to live the lifestyle that you've become accustomed to. If that's achieved and there's uh, some excess cash, let's try to leverage that and make sure that you can leave an impact for generations to come. And as Mike said, one of the best ways to leverage every dollar is life insurance. Let me add more one more thing to that, Jude, because, you know, if, and, and we've seen this a bunch of times as well, uh, sometimes there is more than enough money to leave a, leave a legacy. And I, I've many times have looked at the client and say, why don't you give them some money now? Make a gift to them and see what they do with it. See how they do with it. You know, what do they, what, so that will give them uh, a couple of, one, maybe an opportunity to screw it up and do better the next time. Or two, you can, you can help them to manage an inheritance and do it in a way that uh, you can give them some advice rather than trying to manage the world from your grave. All right. Well, again, there's so many different things to all of this, and we talk in generalities often on the show, whatever the topic might be. But when we do these email questions, they're a little bit more specific, but some of the information is left out or, or not included. And mm-hmm. so you should always run this, you know, these details past your advisor or get a second opinion because there are, again, so many you know, variables and intangibles that uh, better information needs to know. But if you're talking in generalities, some certainly good ideas that guys are providing you with here. So thanks for the question, Victoria. We certainly appreciate it. Keep listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe or share it with others who might benefit from the message. Uh, let's see if we can get another one or two in, guys, before we go this week. Uh, Ron, he's got one. He says, fellas, I'm anticipating a market crash any day now, but I have been for a while. So I have about half of my IRA in cash, which means I'm sitting on about 350 k that's not really making any money for me. And I don't want to leave it there too long. So how long before I jump back in and reinvest it? Has that ship already sailed right now? Or what do you guys think? <laughs> I've heard this question my entire career. Uh, I'm celebrating 20 years in this field. And every time someone asks the same question in a different way, and it's basically timing the market. And I tell them it's really not a good idea to try to time the market. When I entered into financial services, the big question was at the time, will the Dow Jones break 10,000? Think about that for a minute. Right. <laughs> now, now we're sitting in 2021 and we've broken 31,000. So there's going to be ups and downs in the road, but it really depends on your goals and your time frame. If you've got less than five years, then you may not want to be in the market right now. But if you're a long-term investor, the studies show that most of the time, the timing does not make a difference. 
Well, Mike, let me ask you a follow-up on that because often we get these types of emails and people seem to just say one of two things. I'm either sitting in cash or I'm in the market. And it seems like people get this, uh, I don't know, like those blinders that you put on a horse that it's one of the, you know, you only have one of two options, but there's other things you could be doing, correct? Oh, absolutely. And let's first of all talk about, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to bring up the bucket plan again, but <laughs> you know, your growth bucket your growth bucket should be a growth bucket. So this kind of lured back to the, you know, what we've already been talking about, you know, timing the market is, is been proven time and time again, not to be able to be done, but asset allocation and being able to dividing your money into different buckets or not to different buckets, but different asset classes has been proven time and time again as a way of managing volatility in the market. So, I would say one, I agree totally with you that if you're going to reach be retirement in five years, there's a now and soon bucket money that needs to be pulled out and set aside. But the rest of it, I would manage with asset allocation. I want to add one last thing. I, I, I knew I had this somewhere and I pulled it up while Mike was talking. And it's a chart that shows what missing the best days in the market can do to your return. This chart, you can't see it, but if you can imagine... Investing back on January 3rd of 2000, if you were fully invested in the S&P, you would have made about 6.6%. If you missed the 10 best days over 20 years, that return drops to 2.44. And I won't read the rest. I'll just read the last uh, line on the chart. If you missed the 60 best days, in 20 years, your return goes to negative 7%. And so we could do a lot as financial advisors, but I doubt Mike and I could pick the 60 best days over 20 years to be in or out of the market. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's an interesting illustration for sure, how you know it, there's just so much fluctuation. So Ron, I mean, you know, you're talking about timing the market and it's hard to do. So really, you got to find the strategy, the best plan of action that's going to work for you. So sit down with an advisor, talk with them, have a conversation if you're not already or if you are, get a second opinion, as I've mentioned throughout the podcast, uh, and maybe look for some other ways that might make sense or look like a, you know, a path for you. 800-779-4592 is how you reach out to the guys. 800-779-4592. I'm going to jump to the last one here, fellas, and we'll wrap it up this week on the podcast. But I always find these uh, types of emails interesting as well. Tom has one for you, and he says, I have an MBA, fellas. I understand it and how investments work quite well, I think. I've always handled my own portfolio instead of having any professional help. And to be honest, I've done quite well with it. So can you give me your honest opinion? Is there really any reason for a person like me to work with an advisor? I always find these interesting, guys, because he's talking about accumulation and kudos for doing a great job. But through the years I've been you know, hosting shows and talking to advisors, there are so many intricacies and moving parts to the retirement planning part, the distribution and the preservation versus accumulation, that it, it's really kind of staggering. Precisely. I think that's the part that's fascinating. And um, because, you know, the gentleman's an MBA and he understands, I understand, but he didn't talk about, you know, how he's done a financial plan that makes his investments work with his financial plan. So there's a lot, as you, I think, mentioned earlier in these mailbag questions, there's a lot of unanswered questions or things that we may not know about Tom. Mm -hmm. But I would suggest to Tom that, you know, if you don't have a written financial plan, that would be a place that 
you know, you definitely want to start. And number two, sometimes we don't know what we don't know. And if there was something that was important that you didn't know, when would you not want to know? Uh, and so I think that's and nothing else that you should be talking to a financial professional to get a second opinion. Yeah, Mike hit it on the head. I've got my MBA also, you know, my undergrad is in finance. But until I really studied financial planning, I didn't know how much I didn't know about the holistic way to look at the financial plan. And so I'm not going to tell him he's doing a bad job. He's obviously has seen good returns over the years. But my question to him would be, do you want to look at one aspect of your finances or do you want to look holistically? Do you want to consider the effect of taxes may have on your investments? Uh, do you want to consider if you need to leave money behind for a spouse or a dependent? Uh, do you want to consider how your 401k works in, in with funding for retirement? I mean, there's a lot of things that a financial advisor can help when you're looking holistically, if you're looking at that one specific area and you're doing well, you may not you may not need our help. But if you want to look at your entire financial plan as a holistic way, then I think a financial advisor can bring a lot of value to you. Many times when people think of, you know, they, they say, what do you do? I'm a financial planner. And there are times when people say, well, I don't have any money to invest, so I don't need a financial plan. And I, I, I take a huge issue with that because whether you're good at investments or not, financial planning is there's six parts to it. And only one of them is investment. Uh, that would be number one. And number two, we don't, again, we don't know much about Tom, but if Tom's married, he might be really good at managing investments. Well, we have had couples where one of them has been really brilliant at that part but the spouse is either completely unprepared or could care less about managing the finances and if something happens to tom meeting me at that point in time is going to be so incredibly stressful to your spouse because she is going to be if she's one of those other two uh, she could be lost and uh, I think working with a financial professional while you're in good shape and, and in good health and can find somebody that you can trust might be the most valuable thing that you could do for your spouse. Wow. Well said. And I think yeah, that's, I, I think that's a drop the mic moment. I was going to say so. <laughs> Mike's dropping the mic. So I think that's a good time to end the podcast. Tom, thanks for your email. Uh, certainly not trying to beat you up again. Kudos if you've done a great job. Not Fantastic. But have you thought about a lot of the other components that go into, um, you know, what is retirement basically? I mean, there's just so many facets, the legacy planning, long-term care, uh, you know, inheritance. I mean, just on and on and on. Social security, yada, yada, yada. So reach out, have a conversation or anybody else that's been listening to the show uh, do us a favor subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more maybe you can also share it with someone who might benefit from the message that's always a great way for us to grow and reach some other folks that might need to hear some conversation we try to keep things you know in general terms a lot of times so again it's always in your best interest to talk specifically about your own situation and you can often do that with most financial firms simply by calling for a free consultation no cost or obligation typically and you can reach out to the guys at centrist financial strategies and do the same thing 800-779-4592 
It's 800-779-4592. Don't forget to go to planwiseretirefreepodcast.com. Hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you choose. And I'm going to say goodbye for Jude and Mike because we are out of time. Thanks so much for listening to us. We'll be back here soon with a new episode of Plan Wise and Retire Free with Jude Wilson and Mike Mock. The preceding program is sponsored by Jude Wilson and Mike Mott, which is solely responsible for its content.